Nation. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, August 16th, and the PLL is going international. The boys, they are heading up to Hamilton, Ontario this weekend. So, you know, they'll be driving some sled dogs to the games. They'll be gassing some maple syrup during halftime. And after every single goal you score, you got to apologize. So week nine coming up here in Hamilton. Uh, Now, if you listen to the week eight recap show, you will know that Jake is currently on vacation at the beach. Not a big deal or anything like that. Uh, but me just being the great guy I am, I said, listen, Jake, buddy, I don't want you to waste any more time on your vacation doing this podcast. So why don't you take the rest of the week off? Am I a hero? Listen, if people are going to say I'm a hero, I'm not going to argue with it, but it's their words, not mine. With that being the case, it is like super awkward to just sit here and speak into a microphone like to nobody, like to have like no one on the other line or nobody really listening right now like while I'm talking. It's really weird. So we're just going to keep this episode pretty short. Um, you know, and to get us ready for Hamilton, we got a good old Ontario boy and friend of the program and Joel Tinney coming on the podcast this week. So we might as well kick it right over to the Tin Man interview right now. All right, and with us right now, we have from the Atli and a good old Ontario boy making his way back up to Canada this weekend. We've got Joel Tinney on the line. Joel, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping back on. You're a recurring guest now. Yeah, I appreciate it being back a second time. This one a little more meaningful now that we get to go to God's country up north. Yeah. Uh, so how, you know, how fired up are you for this one? I'm trying to think, uh, how, do you have any other Canadians with you on the, oh, you have uh, Kluch as well. So are the boys buzzing to get back up North? Yeah. For uh, me and Kluch, this is the closest we'll be able to play pro, uh, in our homeland. I know in box we play in Toronto, but, uh, we're from a little bit closer to the border. We're about 25 minutes away from, or 45 minutes away from Buffalo. So we're pretty excited to be in, uh, they call it the hammer there. So we're excited to be in Hamilton. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So you, so where, where are you right now though? So why don't you, uh, are, are you just, right. are you living so up in Canada in or where are you at? I'm coaching down in Baltimore, um, at Calvert Hall. So I haven't been home since probably Christmas. So I'm excited to see my family and friends, uh, hopefully be able to pack the stands with a bunch of Atlas fans. And so it's going to be pretty exciting to get up North, but Baltimore has been good to me. How, um, how's the phone been this week? Like, are, are you hearing from a lot of boys back home saying, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be there at, uh, Tim Horton's stadium. Is, is that place going to be rocking? Yeah, I've got a pretty good crew coming. Um, some guys, some guys from my Hopkins class are driving up too from whether it be Long Island or, uh, New Jersey. So, so there should be a pretty good crew and hopefully all the Canadians turn out. There hasn't been pro lacrosse there, um, in quite a few years now since the nationals left. So I think uh, they're itching to see some field lacrosse up North. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. So they still have, is, is the man cup, is that going on right now? Or have man they cup's got- going on right now. Uh, that's uh, they've got the six nations chiefs versus the Peterborough Lakers. I know that should be a good series, but both those places are uh, Peterborough's pretty hard to get to for, for a lot of fans. It's like uh, it's a couple hours North of Toronto. So, I expect there to be a lot of fans there, a lot of young fans. And now that uh, field's getting more popular in Canada too, over the last couple of years, I expect it to be uh, a pretty good crowd. 
Dude, the amount of Canadians who are starting to infiltrate and take over the field game. Like, I, I know it's not new. Like, I, I know, you know, like you go back to like Gary Gate, like he destroyed the field game. Like, um, but now it's just every single D1 team you look at, there's someone out there playing ball from Canada. Um, it's, it's a little bit scary for, you know, luckily, like I'm already past my college lacrosse playing career. So like, I don't have to worry about it. But if you're like an American kid right now who like you're thinking to yourself, like you have a scholarship already made in lacrosse just because, you know, you, you, th- you look up north and you're like, oh shit, I'm going to start losing some of these spots to some of these Canadians. You guys are uh, crushing it up there, whether it be, you know, especially with, with, uh, you know, with Hill or you were, were you a Hill, you were a Culver guy, weren't where were yeah, you? I'm a, go? Call, I'm a- I'm a Culver guy, so that's that's the thing. Is that now that the high schools are starting to recognize, it's a lot easier for the universities to recruit Canadians. So before, if you were going to get a Canadian to commit, you kind of got him late in the recruiting process. But now that we're already, a lot of us are already down there at different uh, private schools, it's, it's a lot easier to get looks and uh, it's paying off in the long run for a lot of young Canadian kids. Is there any uh, is there any like rivalry between? like the Culver guys and the Hill guys, or is it just, you're all, you know, happy to be. Oh no, that's, oh, that's that a big one? one of the biggest rivalries I've had in my field lacrosse career. That game was always, always fun. We played it, uh, brother rice up in, uh, Detroit. And, uh, there was, there's, there was a ton of fans there. And that was always one of the biggest rivalries, whether that was, um, freshman year or senior year. That's, that's been a huge one for, for since I can remember. Who was, who was playing at Hill while you were at Culver? What, what, what class well, was that? Who, um, Cluche was there. Brendan Bomberry was there. Um, Nolan Apers was there. I played against like Chad Tutton, Brian Cole, Zach Harawires, um, all those guys. Brody Merrill was their coach. So it's been a, they've had a long pipeline of strictly Canadians where Culver's kind of the, the 50 50 where they get eight or nine a year and then the rest are Americans from wherever in the United States. So it's a good mix and it's always a good battle. Yeah, and uh, you know it seems seems to be a pretty. Although I, I guess I guess the chaos definitely. I mean, they're leading the way right now in terms of uh, Canadians in the PLL. Just like looking at the stats, here, I'm trying to or the teams. I'm trying to figure out if anyone else even has close to the amount of Canadians as they do. But I mean, no, they definitely got the most. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so their game, that's, that's a pretty good draw for you guys then though. So, you know, I feel like chaos, they'll get up to get up to the hammer and they're looking to put on a show for the hometown crowd. Uh, luckily you guys, you know, you guys will be playing against the Chrome. So there won't be like as much of a, like, like you guys are still trying to make a push for the playoffs here. You're, you're right in there in the mix three and five. Uh, so I feel like, you know, with, with the way that the Chrome are right now, um, They've been having a little bit of a rough go at it. No offense or anything like that, but you know, to have you and you and Kluch out there just trying to put on a show for all your boys in the stands—that's that's a decent draw. Yeah, um, as PFP always says, you know, I'm not I'm not much of a math guy, but from the looks of it, it looks like the loser of this game's out. Um, so it's a big game for us, not only for us to keep our hopes alive, but it also gives you a little bit of a extra push when you can uh, end the other team's hopes of of making a run at this. So. I'm sure they're saying the same thing on the Chrome in the Chrome locker room. So it should, it should be a good one that Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I just, I feel like it'd be a real, I mean, the archers that that's going to be a tough go at it when you have that many Canadians on the field, especially a guy like Brody Merrill, who again means like so much to Canadian lacrosse. It's like, dude, he's going to shut down whoever 
he's even within like 10 yards of. So good luck trying to score against Bro. So yeah, I, I feel like archers that they might have a little tough go at it. And then who knows, maybe the Atli you can just squeak right on in there. That would be a nice little story for you guys. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then obviously it's, it's not, it's not over there yet. Obviously we're going to have to play the chaos. Also have a bunch of Albany boys and that's who we have next weekend in Albany. So that's obviously on our radar. We got to battle through this game first, but that's almost a homecoming for a lot of their players too. So they got a good, a little bit of a good end of the season, couple home games almost for them. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, having home games, probably the most, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of overall, just like entertainment and just buzz around the games. Uh, I feel like the number one week so far had to have been playing at Homewood. I mean, that place was just like, you know, we, we've seen the attendance in the PLL this year. Like, obviously it's a first year league, you know, so it's, it's going to leave a little bit to be desired. You looked at what happened down in Homewood and that place was fucking packed. It was rocking. And, you know, for you, for you, Atlas, obviously uh, you know, a little, little disappointing there at the end, but um, you know, how was, how was playing back at Homewood uh, this time as a professional lacrosse player instead of a J? Yeah. Anytime you get a chance to step on Homewood, it's obviously whether you played at Hopkins or you, or you played at a different school that played Hopkins, it seems like every player likes to play on Homewood field. It's always a memory for them. So we always say, if you don't get the chance to commit to Hopkins, hopefully you get the chance to play us at Hopkins. So um, obviously, being able to step back there as a professional was uh, was huge for me. Seeing old coaches, obviously, I had a lot of a lot of friends and family at that one as well. And uh, just being at the old stomping grounds, it was awesome. Obviously, we didn't come away with the win, but it was really exciting to see the PLL kind of take that step towards a, a massive sold out crowd. Even though it was a smaller venue, it just creates such an environment, especially for the sport of lacrosse, and it looks good on TV too. Dude, it looked great on TV. Um, yeah, I would. I know that the league is, I mean, they're trying to grow the game. They're trying to get to some new markets, but I would probably put a stop at Homewood, uh, at least for the next few seasons. Um, other than that, though, like, how's, how's it been for you this year? I mean, it's, uh, you know, new experience for everyone, and, and you're kind of like a, you know, you're one of the younger guys out there. So, you know, how's, how's this season been for you? I know you probably, well, you had the year in MLL last summer, so I guess you do have a little bit to, like, compare it to. But, um, you know, just what, what's this summer been like for you? Like. Uh, in terms of, I mean, on, on the field as, as well as off the field. Um, it's been, it's been awesome on the field, obviously just speaking to this weekend, being a Canadian, the the faster rules and the, and the, and the pace of play has been kind of tailored to, to people that play similar games to my style. And it's been awesome to watch. Obviously sometimes it looks a little helter skelter out there, but that's just because guys are trying to make plays, right? We know there's cameras around us 24 seven now, whereas, you know, I haven't seen that much publicity since I was in college. So that, that's, that's been awesome to just be able to grow the game. And then off the field, just the experience, the way they, they take care of us. And if we have any questions, there's X, Y, and Z amount of people that we can reach out to and make sure that everything's taken care of uh, in terms of making sure we have what we need and they take our gear for us on weekends. So travel's easier and our flights are booked weeks in advance, which is nice. And it's just, it's been a lot less stressful of a process in terms of being able to play the game and, being able to kind of put on a show, whatever city we end up in, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, dude, especially for, I mean, like, what are you like 24, 25 for dude, a guy that age to be able to just tour North America over the summer, play lacrosse professionally. That's, uh, it's not a bad gig at all. No. Uh, yeah. I always see uh, my buddies, uh, 
they're always in ties and dress dress pants stuff like that and we're thinking of what what a uh, game day outfit we're going to wear on the bus to the game on saturday so i'll, I'll uh i'll take this lifestyle for as long as i can <laughs> uh so is there a is, so also the guys have been a lot of a lot of great dressers in the pll i feel like uh i feel like you guys have been highlighting that pretty uh pretty frequently and like none of it has been disappointing so far um also a huge fan of of guys throwing on some some sweaters of whatever town they're in that's a it's a great touch um you know, is there anyone on uh on the squad so like the atlas guy like obviously you got a bunch of guys here from um you know, a bunch of Hopkins guys that you probably know either like you played with or like alumni. So like, you know, some of these guys, um, but then, you know, you also got a mix of some other guys as well. Is there anyone on this team that's like, like a sneaky, like you wouldn't really anticipate them being just like, like a total like boy to go out with, uh, you know, like post game. Like, is there, is there anyone on this team that, you know, you met and you're like, Oh fuck, like, like I have to include this guy in, you know, our post game plans. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, me, Crawley, and Brownie have a have a tight tight trio. Brownie's my roommate every weekend, and we got a couple of years to play together at Hopkins. But uh, it's a little bit of a cheat answer. But uh, Austin Pafani, I played with last year too, UNC guy. He's a great guy to go around. He's always smiling. He's always got a joke or two up his sleeve, and he's been awesome to travel with and uh, kind of end up in cities with. And he's a, he's a great time too. It's because he's a Philly boy. Yeah, must be that. <laughs> uh. Oh, dude, another question. So, you know, so, uh, you know, whether you're, you're, maybe you might be dummying some people off the field, but talking about on the field, when are people going to realize to stop letting a short stick cover you on the high wing? It's, it's probably my favorite, uh, favorite highlight to clip up it happens, you know, every so often here, you're setting up a shorty high wing, shake them underneath, finish like right at GLE. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be a team to like, I don't know shit for defense, but like, I can tell you right now, if Joel, if, if you see Joel Tenney setting up high wing, bring that slide early. So, um, I, sorry to blow up your spot right there. If anyone, if any like D coordinators are listening, but, uh, you know, how, how's, when are, when are guys going to learn? No, it, it puts me, it puts me in a great spot. Actually, obviously it's tough. It's difficult to pull me when you have Paul Rabel and Connor Busick who are, big time heavy downhill dodgers so that's that's tough because even if you do slide to them there's if they're going full speed there's a good chance you're going to wind up on your ass but and then the other thing is too it's tough to slide off brian brown because he just needs a sliver of a second to get a shot off so that's kind of been my secret is the, the guys that i'm on the field with kind of give me a little bit of advantage more than i give myself an advantage but uh, i commented on joe walter's instagram the other day but i took a sanderson uh have you if you've heard of the sanderson's family from orangeville ontario they taught me at a young age, there's a thousand ways to go left. So that's kind of been my motto. And thankfully all the coaches that have t uh, been my coach in the U S they've, Oh, they've never forced me to try and work on my offhand. They just figure out what's the best way you can get to your left or how can you make your left advantageous for you? And that's kind of how I've tried to build my game up to this point. Yeah. The biggest lie in lacrosse is that you need both hands. Yeah. But if you're good at it, keep working at it but if if you have one hand you don't have to stress it, it it may not be the end of the end of the road for you you can keep building that strong hand it's better to be great with one hand than good with two there you go but you know if 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 you're a podcaster and you know you're out taking some shots and you know the guys want to say hey put one in your right 
don't feel bad if you say, listen, buddy, I'm, I'm not taking a single shot with my right for the rest of my life because I don't want to embarrass myself. So, I mean, that's more just for me than anyone else, but, you know, lefty gang <laughs> till we die. Um, but yeah, so try, trying to think what else, man. I mean, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been fun watching the fellas and it's, it's been like, I don't know, just the buzz around the lacrosse world in general. Like, can you like feel that it's, I guess it's a little bit different for you, like just, you know, going to school in Baltimore, like, and especially like living back in Baltimore now with coaching, like it's such a, like a lacrosse crazy town. Um, but for like other areas of the world where there's just like not that much of buzz around the sport. Um, like, can you tell the difference in, in the way that like people are like talking about the game and like tuning into the game? Like, is, is there been any difference for you that you've noticed? Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's tough to get away from too, whether you're on social media like Twitter or Instagram or even in the airport. You're always seeing guys taking pictures with random kids that aren't even going to the game, but they're flying somewhere else and they, they wish they were in town to see the PLL. Um, it's been huge. You can't you can't go through Twitter without seeing five or six conversations about what the PLL is going to do this week, what new sponsor we have, what what new media uh, driven stuff we're pulling out. So it's it's always cool to see that they're they're growing each week as well as the fans, like how much they like the PLO is growing and how much we like playing in the PLO is also growing. So it's awesome just to see it not being stuck and kind of in the mud and continuing to build week in and week out. We know it's a long process, but that's why we're all on this kind of this ship together. Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool to like, it, it's been a while since I feel like lacrosse, like the lacrosse world as a whole has been, I don't know, I feel like there's like always like some there's some sort of divide that goes on and and like people just find something to argue about. Um this has been the one thing that has been like like people need to like really like find something to argue about now. So it's been uh you know definitely been a, a great summer watching the boys. Uh great summer though elsewhere in the uh in the men's league circuit. So not sure if you heard this or not, but uh GMH LC went up to Lake Placid this past weekend. And brought home the championship. From what I've heard, you are a uh, a former member of GMHLC. Yeah, I'm part of the inaugural alumni team that went up there the first year that uh, they got into the tournament. We ended up losing actually in the championship, but that was a a great weekend. GMH loves to put on a show, and they get get decked out in the helmet and gloves, and they get some of the best college talent. Uh, I believe uh, my teammate Dave and a couple other guys have played for that team as well. So. It was awesome to see the the banner raised by the GMH boys last weekend. Now, do you do you feel a little sense of pride in knowing that you know, as an inaugural member, you you pl- you played a role in that? You know, it's uh, you know, you got to remember the roots where the team came from, and and you could only get to the top, uh, you know, with the help of the guys who started it all. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll send a a ring and a beer your way. Yeah, I'm I'm like the uh, the Demar Derozan of GMH, right? When uh, they get rid of us old guys, you all of a sudden you guys jump in and and steal the show. Yeah, I mean maybe there was just uh, I, I I never like to say this because I don't think it's ever factually accurate, but maybe maybe there was just too much going on on the left side of that of that field. Maybe we just need to uh, you know brought brought in brought in some more righties to even it out a little bit, which you know disgusts me as a lefty, but I guess it's true sometimes. Yeah, you might have got to put on your GM hat soon. Yeah, I might have to, and you know, maybe uh, you know, win a few more of these men's league tournaments, and maybe I can work my way onto the sidelines of uh, PLL. Because you know, I think uh, there have been there have been some solid moves though made this this summer. Are are you uh, 
speaking of some moves, you're, you're on the move as well too, right? So, uh, talking NLL now, uh, playing with, uh, New England next year. So, uh, you know, pretty, pretty solid rookie campaign there. I, I saw you get on the floor a little bit there. You played in the Philly game, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate what Georgia did for me and give me an opportunity as a rookie, not having played box in a couple summers just because of being down here in Baltimore. But uh, I'm excited to get to New England. This coaching staff, they coached me kind of from like the age of like 17 to 20. Um, so I'm familiar with them and we've always had a strong relationship. So I'm excited to kind of turn the new chapter and get going with the Black Wolves. Yeah, I mean, like, speaking of you know, earlier, like, talking about, like, the Canadians coming over to the field game and just starting to, you know, kind of take that over a little bit. We've seen some more Americans start playing some box, you know, guys like Gutty, um, you know, Jules Hennenberg. Uh, so, you know, a bunch of guys just making their way over to the box game a little bit. I guess try to even it out, like, you know, if the Canadians are going to take field, I guess we might as well start playing a little bit of box. Um, like, have – you look at a guy like Jules Hennenberg now this year who has, like, taken the lacrosse world by storm. It's like like people knew who he was heading into the season, but he was like he was like a Rutgers guy, so, like, you didn't, like, see him on TV that often or anything like that. Um, and now this year he's just, like, taken over with that Redwoods team. Do you think, you think that box plays a pretty big role in that? Yeah, and I think it's, it's awesome for, for both sports too, right? Because obviously Canadians, you hear about them or you – you hear about a few because it's not on TV, but so when we play in, when we play at an American stadiums, whether it's down in Georgia or wherever it may be, San Diego, it might not necessarily sell out because they don't really know anybody playing, but getting these big name Americans, whether that's Rambo or John Rannigan or guys like that to play the indoor game, obviously that's going to put asses in seats too. And that's, that's, that's the main goal for lacrosse right now is to, is to build up the buzz around the league. So whether that's Canadians playing in the PLL or Americans playing in the NLL, it's, it's great for the sport going both ways. Yeah. It's uh, again, it's all about, all about growing the game. Um, but just maybe wait, let the Canadians grow like a little bit, you know, slower just because like, there's going to come a day where like I have a kid and I would love for there to be like some college spots for that kid. Um, and you know, I guess however many years down the road that's going to be, I feel like it's just all going to be, crazy Canadians taking over. Um, hey, so heading, heading to Hamilton, heading up to Ontario. Let's think about like, let, let's just get into a little Canadian talk here. So top three Canadians of all time could be sports, could be any, just like top three Canadian human beings of all time. Top three of all time. Of all time. Um, could be anything Jim in the Carey. world. Great answer. Jim Carrey would be one. Um, Wayne Gretzky would be two. That, yep. And then I would go probably John Tavares. The lacrosse John Tavares, not the former Toronto Maple Leafs John Tavares. Well, well, go with that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, what about not even, not even, even his uncle? His uncle's kind of a legend as well. No, his, uh, his uncle is the one I'm mentioning. Oh, not, oh, not oh, 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 I, th I thought you said the Toronto one. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a good answer. Yeah, that's – I mean, I'd probably throw – I'd probably throw Alan Thicke in there, right? Don't you guys love the shit out of him? Yeah, he could be in there. Mike Myers could be in there. Ryan Reynolds, Rachel McAdams. Alanis Morissette. 
maybe Shania Twain. Uh, Dave Coulier from Full House. True. Celine Dion. Yeah. So, I mean, Nickelback would be in there. Dude, people, I do. Do Canadians feel a little bit different about that? So people shit on Nickelback, and and I just. It's been going on for so long now that like, I feel like nobody actually hates Nickelback. It's just people think that you're supposed to hate them, right? So it's like, they're not going to actually listen to them. They just say, oh, they just think it's cool to hate on Nickelback. But it's like, buddy, listen to some of their songs. They are jams. Like You're telling me right now you're driving in the car. You're flipping through the stations on the radio. I know that no one listens to radio anymore, but you're flipping through the stations on radio. Nickelback comes on. You're telling me that you're changing the channel? No fucking chance. You were bla- you're throwing the windows down, cranking that shit to all the way up, and and you're right. Nickelback is good to go by me. I'm. They get they get a bad rap, but yeah, I think most of those people that say they don't like Nickelback probably know all the words to one or two songs by them for sure. So, um, you gotta take that with a grain of salt. You know what? Maybe. Maybe every time let, let's let's slide this idea over to Paul. Um, you know, every time the Atlas pumped the back of the net this week, let's let's throw on some Nickelback as the goal song. Uh, if Tim Hortons Field has Nickelback on their game track, it could be a good game for the Atlas. It would either be Nickelback or that you guys also love uh, Tragic Hit. Tragically Hip or the Bare Naked Ladies? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, see, that's the thing, man. People. People forget that Canada just pumps out some all-time beauties all over the world. And sometimes people take it for granted. Uh, what about, uh, you know, top, top three, like going around the area, you, people are, are coming into town. Where are like three either bars or restaurants that they have to hit? I don't know how familiar you are with the Hamilton area, but let's just go, let's just go all of Ontario. No, it's well, for that huge, game, but... that first game on Saturday, that's at twelve. You're going to need breakfast, so definitely you got to do Tim Hortons. You got to go with a what is it? Double double, double double, or an ice roll. cap. It's still summer, so you can get an ice cap. Roll the rim. It's not roll up the rim season. That's early in March, I think. Okay. Which is tough. I'm I'm um, I'm out I'm outing myself as a as as a fake. <laughs> Um, in terms of bars, Hess Village in Hamilton is a is a group of bars that's on a on a cobblestone street, so no cars get down there. And uh, the police that are there are on horses. It's a it's a pretty cool scene. There's like eight or nine bars attached. It's a great time for before or after the game. And then for lunch, I'm a huge Italian guy, so East Side Mario's, and you get their cheese capoletti. All right. Hopefully they. Uh... Hopefully, hopefully they, we can shoehorn a, a free meal in there for you for all that, uh, all that pub. <laughs> I hope so. Are you, are you a, uh, so I mean, if you're an Italian guy, are you like a, what's, what's the pre, are you, tell me you're like a chicken parm, like before a game kind of guy. Definitely maybe- chicken parm before the game. I, I, if you ask any guys on the Atlas, I got one of the, one of the worst diets on the team. Probably I got a pretty bad sweet tooth. So the night before. I'm uh I'm snacking pretty hard. Me and Ryan Brown are big ice cream guys, so we're we're down in the hotel store trying to grab some snacks and uh find a movie on the hotel TVs before the game and uh but definitely before I like getting some some pasta or some uh chicken parm in me. 
Yeah, as long as you're not uh, crossing the sauces like Ovechkin for for the mm-hmm. pasta, I think you're you're good to go. Yeah, right? that's the other cold country. <laughs> Fucking, uh, uh, it's gonna be scary when once Russians start to get into hockey, and they'll probably pick up box first since there's. I mean, outside it's like frozen for ten months a year. So, uh, as soon yeah. as the as soon as the Russians start to get into box, I mean, it's already a greasy game enough as is. But it is going to, I mean, that's going to be a big time gong show. Yeah, you got to convince them to take the ice out of the rinks first. Yeah, that is true. Or maybe they'll just start playing on ice. I mean, we've seen a few <laughs> clips of that. The only thing is, I mean, those guys will fucking attach some some extra blades to their stick um all right man well hey heading up (laughs) heading back home this weekend so i mean uh hoping for big things out of you obviously going to be a big crowd uh putting on a show for the boys do we got a we got a prediction for the game here we got at least got a prediction for some stats no but i think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game obviously they're clicking well and should be a battle at the x between uh trevor and their third dual-headed monster that they have down there and um, their attacks clicking, so I think it's good. It should be a high-scoring game. It should be a fun one to watch. Well, how if about you're going to watch any of this weekend? Watch ours. Oh, absolutely. Uh, at the very least, if you pump one in the back of the net, we got to get the heartbreaker, Sally. I, I know, I know you're big into it, so we got to see it. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's my favorite Sally, but it's uh, for me that Sally is a timing Sally. It's not one you can break out in the first quarter. It's got to be a a fourth quarter kind of big time goal where. You either take the lead or make a little bit of a, a comeback before you can pull that out. So uh, that all depends on the timing of when, of when the ball goes in the net. Uh, maybe you could go uh, Timo Solani, toss the glove up in the air, shoot it down. <laughs> I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure that won't get you uh, an extra little slash your next time going to the rack. I might already have a few coming my way, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to leave that to a game-time decision. All right. Well, hey, Joel, uh, thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, you guys are the – so you guys are playing, what, Saturday? And that is the uh, – are you guys the first game of the weekend? Second game, 3.30. 3.30, Eastern time, because every other time zone can get bent. All right, so the Atlas, the Chrome, 3.30, watch it, and uh, we'll, we'll see some heartbreaker sellies out there. Joel, good luck this weekend, and we'll talk to you, bud. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to Joel for hopping on the podcast with us. Uh, yeah, I forgot to ask him if we were going to see any hidden ball tricks this weekend up in Hamilton, but I feel like, I mean, the kid's ready to put on a show in front of his, you know, in front of all of his friends and family who are making it out, uh, you know, to get a chance to see him play professional field lacrosse for the first time. So I got to imagine that the, that the HBT is going to get broken out at some point on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, so Saturday's lineup, we've got, uh, so we've got the Archers and the Chaos. That is going to be the 1230 game. Uh, that'll be on NBC Sports Network. Uh, if you want to see Joel Tinney and the Atli take on the Chrome, that's going to be on NBC Sports Gold. That's going to be at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every other time zone can get bent. And things will get wrapped up on Sunday. Again, NBC Sports Network. We got the Redwoods and the Whip Snakes. Um, listen, I'm, I'm not going to give predictions for these games because, like we say every single week, no one can predict how these things are going to go. Uh, but I will say, like, I mean, the Chaos, they're already, they already clinched their playoff spot, so they're in there right now. So another win for them. They're, they're probably going to lock up that number one seed. Uh, the Whip Snakes... 
despite the fact that these fucking idiots keep losing, um, they're still at right now a 99.9% chance of getting into the playoffs. So that's a lock. Uh, Archers, solid comeback on the season for the Archers after dropping four in a row. So they're above 90% right now to make it into the playoffs. So uh, win for them to start off the weekend on Saturday. Uh, you know, that, that should definitely get them in there. And then that fourth spot, I mean, it looks like it's going to be the red one. It looks like the way that the standings are right now, that's going to be the way that the playoffs shake up. Um, but, you know, Redwoods, decent. As long as they just don't completely shit the bed uh, over these last two weeks, they should be good to go. Uh, Chrome and Atli, it, it's, a, it's a tough hill for them. But, I mean, it's, it's a wild it's been a wild first season in the PLL. So who the hell knows how these things are going to shake up. Um, you know, and listen. The, the thing is, the thing that you got to remember, this is Paul Rabel's league, all right? And his team right now, they're sitting at the worst chance to make the playoffs. They're at 11.1%. Listen, th- this guy, he's signing everyone's paycheck, all right? If, if you want that check to cash, if you want that to hit your bank and not bounce, uh, you might want to kind of lay over for these last two weeks for the Atli. So, um, you know, I know that they have the Chrome this weekend and, you know, the way that the Chrome season has been working out, that could definitely be a win. Might be a little bit tricky for them when they play against the chaos in Albany with all those former Danes on the squad. But um, listen, if 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 Paul Rabel loves the dramatic antics like I think he does, there could always be some fuckery afoot for that fourth and final playoff spot. But yeah, so uh, 1230, Archers, Chaos, 330, Atli and Chrome, and Sunday, Matinee, uh, that is going to be... Oh, that's, that's at 6 p.m. actually, and I don't even know what I said the first time around, but Redwoods and the Whip Snakes. Uh, so let's hope for some hidden ball tricks, and at the very least, we are going to be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. All right. Burn blue on the street, loose and complete under sky, so smoky blue green. I can't foresee a Dixie did she, so we dance the sidewalk clean. My memory is muddy, what's this river that I'm in? New Orleans is sinking, man, and I don't want to swim.
there's a light bulb hanging on a wire, sucking up to someone just to stoke the fire. Picking out the highlights of the scenery, saw a little cloud and looked a little like me. I had my hands in the river, my feet back up on the banks, looked up to the Lord above and said, hey man, thanks. Sometimes I feel so good I gotta scream. She said, Gordy, baby, I know exactly what you mean. She said, she said, I swear to God, she said, ah, no, I swim. 